You're listening to Tips with T, and I'm your host, Tiara, but you can call me T. I'm looking forward to sharing with you guys my journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Plus, I will discuss tips on how to achieve that financial freedom that you have been looking for. So stay tuned. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening in to this episode on today of Tips with Tea. I have Miss Trudy with us. Hey, Miss Trudy, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. So um, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Well, great. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. I am a real estate agent and team leader of the TrueDeck Can Sell That team with Keller Williams Atlantic Partners in Northeast Florida. And so I uh, am the rainmaker for the team. So that means my my primary role is business development. Um, but uh, I work mostly with residential real estate uh, in, in Northeast Florida. So Northeast Florida is a really large area geographically. So uh, that is that's a little different uh, that I work with Jacksonville and St. Augustine, Palm Coast, uh, and, and beyond. Awesome. Um, so how was your entrepreneurship journey for you? Yeah, so it started really, you know, a while ago. I mean, I when I was in college, I, you know, I was I was a criminal justice major and my plan was to really go into the FBI. Um, but while I was in school, I worked for a title company and I was doing closings um, and got a lot of experience in that. And so right out of college, I had an interview with the public defender's office here and with a bank called First Union National Bank. And the bank offered me about $6,000 more a year to underwrite loans, uh, mortgage loans for them. And so that's where I went. And the FBI was a distant, distant memory. Um, but uh, that was really where my career path started. So title background, uh, mortgage lending background, I ended up running large fulfillment operations centers for big banks like um, Wachovia, which later became Wells Fargo. Um, Countrywide, which later, later became Bank of America and, and Chase. And so I had a great deal of experience uh, running these large or operations for big banks. And I got incredible training and incredible mentorship in that process. So in 2015, when Bank of America decided to um, you know, relocate their fulfillment operation centers from, from my area, um, I decided it was the time to get into real estate sales. And so I had this great training in, you know, operations management and knew everything really there was to know about uh, residential real estate sales, but I knew nothing about business development. Never had to, never had to really, you know, give it much of a thought. So, uh, so in 2015, I, you know, I got my real estate license and, and then what, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm ready, you know, and um, was really, you know, ready for the, the market to come to me. But I'll tell you, I had some really good uh, uh, mentors and I was humble enough, I think, to, to listen and, and realize that it's not all going to, uh, you know, I can't just sit and hope that it's going to land in my lap. I really had to go out and, and do things. And um, those things for me really were just fill up the calendar. You know, every Monday morning, I'd wake up and look at my calendar. And if I had blank spots in the calendar, I would just try and find things to, to add to that. And some of that was networking meetings or meetup groups 
or sometimes it was just going to model homes and getting to know the sales reps and, and you know, more about the, the builders. So I tried a lot of, of everything, you know, in the early days um, just to meet more people and to have my calendar filled up, really. So that's how it got started. Awesome. So, um, so since you're in the real estate industry, what with this pandemic and stuff going on, what are some changes that you have noticed within the industry? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think like so many other um, other businesses or other industries, the pandemic accelerated the path that we were already on, right? So if a business was floundering um, before the pandemic, it probably wasn't getting stronger and, and better during the pandemic. Um, if a business was, you know, just at the tipping point of success, uh, and, and, you know, uh, and it provided some value to consumers in their home, well, you know, there you go, uh, you know, Uber Eats and Instacart and things like that all just exploded, right? Well, they were already introduced. And so we, before the pandemic, and so we experienced a little bit of, of that in real estate, right? So, for example, mortgage lenders, um, they were really starting to uh, use electronic delivery systems for their documents a lot prior to the pandemic. During the pandemic, we started seeing lenders really releasing closing packages 24 hours ahead of time to the consumer, which allowed them to review the documents ahead of time and, uh, and then have a much quicker closing. And so that's, you know, that's something that's really, really helped us. The other thing that, you know, we're seeing, of course, um, in real estate is the, the issues that are, that have come about because of supply and demand. So um, we have been in a strong seller's market since about 2015. So, you know, this, this super seller's market that we ended up in was, we were already headed in that direction. In fact, in my uh, market in 2019, no, I'm sorry, in January of 2020, we had less than two months of inventory in the market. That's in January of 2020 before we went into quarantine. And so uh, what ended up happening, and the, and the reason we were in that really is because builders haven't been able to keep up with the, the housing demands. Um, we have two very large generations that are entering the home buying market in big ways, right? And in um, 2000 and, um, you know, in the early 2000s, just prior to the mortgage meltdown, you really only had boomers and Gen X in the market. The, the silent generation, not at all interested in, in downsizing. They're staying in their home. But boomers and Gen X were really buying. Well, boomers and Gen X are still buying. And now we have millennials and Gen Z in the market. And those are two very large generations. Gen X is about 22 million less than any other generation. So we now have four, you know, pretty decent sized uh, generations that are actively in the market. And what we're seeing from this, the latest census results are that people stay in their home for an average of seven years. So people move and continue to move. And we just have so many people that are entering, that are now entering the market that we've seen both rentals and new home sales and resales 
there's just not enough. There's not enough supply to keep up with the demand. And so that's, and, and of course, affordability is pretty good. So, you know, there's no reason for a, a new home buyer to not be in the market, right, with rates being as low as they are. So, that's really what we we've we've seen in in the um, the real estate market, and of course, all of the creative things that have come about to make it easier for both buyers and sellers are the things that you know we as real estate professionals are really, I think more we're more tasked with being able to inform the consumer on what their options are maybe even more so than helping people find a home, right? So finding a home isn't nearly as difficult as it was maybe 15, 20 years ago. But now you can find the home. What do you do? Well, you know, what are the next steps? How do you ensure you get there? And those bidding wars and all of the things that we saw in the, the pandemic are not necessarily going to go away quickly. Um, so having a real estate professional uh, you know, guide you and inform you is super important. And that has really changed. You know, the, the realtor 15, 20 years ago was really about helping you find a home. And that's not, that's not as much of the, the need in a real estate professional these days. So, yeah. so um, I know you was, we were talking before, you said you had noticed a lot of, well, some changes with like the instant buyer and the iBuyer. So explain to us um, very, you know, you know, explain yeah. to us what that is okay. and how, how is that um, yeah. going to change? And I know that was kind of going along with Zillow. So how is that affecting Zillow and stuff like that? Yeah, when you and I first uh, spoke, I think Zillow had just announced, uh, made a major announcement that they were actually exiting the instant buyer um, uh, platform, which uh, which they really introduced. So, so let me take a step back and explain. So it's an iBuyer or an instant buyer is a buyer that is usually it's a it's a corporate buyer that will make a fair market offer to a seller that has very few strings attached to it. So what I mean by that is it's a, it's a kind of a hassle-free way of selling a home. You, uh, the, the instant buyer will make an offer based on some information that you provide to that uh, buyer. And it's usually a very brief questionnaire that you fill out online. And you might take some pictures of the home and based on that information, the instant buyer will provide you an offer. And if you, um, if, if the, the terms of the offer uh, agree with you, then the next step is they have somebody come in and do a brief inspection of the home. And as long as everything is fairly consistent with what you, you know, revealed in the offer process, that's it. They're ready at that point, they're ready to buy. And, and that closing can happen as quickly as two weeks or as long as 90 days. And so it's nice for a, an owner. That's a, it's a great option for an owner who um, maybe has a house in mind, but they haven't sold their house. So they want to, you know, uh, and it, new construction is also a really, you know, popular, it's, it's, it's a real popular way of, of managing a new construction situation, right? So you have flexibility in the closing date. You don't have a 
you know, a buyer that's breathing down your neck um, and it's cash. And so a cash offer has always got fewer contingencies associated with it. And so it's more appealing when you're going to make an offer on your on, on the next home, right? So a lot of really, you know, nice things about instant buyer that started in about 2017. So there's Zillow offers as an instant buyer. Um, open door is an instant buyer offer pad. Those are the top three, um, uh, you know, I buyers in, in the uh, marketplace right now. And um, original, and so, you know, they had a little bit of success uh, in, you know, in 2017, 2018, started gaining a little bit of popularity in 2019. They started moving into other markets because really you only see instant buyers in major markets. Um, so they're not everywhere. Um, we started seeing a little bit more activity in the early days of the pandemic, they stopped buying and then they started buying. And this summer, what ha what started happening was something really crazy. So an, in, uh, an instant buyer usually makes a fair market offer, but it's not the top dollar. So if you really want to maximize your profit, you're going to go with a, a traditional sale, right? You're going to put it on the market, have some open houses, have some showings, and you know try to get as many offers as you possibly can. Um, so an instant buyer, because it was convenient, it was not going to be maybe the highest price. It'd be a fair price, but not the highest price because they have to turn around and sell it, right? And it usually came with about a 14% uh, charge associated with it. so all their fees and in what they you know what they so that's a little bit higher too expense wise than what you would you would normally see um with a traditional sale but it's super convenient um so this summer though we started noticing that the i buyers particularly zillow and and open door started splashing incredible amounts of money at these offers. And I mean, ridiculous amounts of money. You know, um, I, I think I shared with you, um, I had bought a home in January of 2020. And in June, I got an offer $100,000 more on that home from, from an iBuyer. Um, and so, you know, this is, this is the, that's the kind of money that really makes iBuying the only option. I mean, that's how you wouldn't get that on the, the, the traditional market. You know, though they, they were offering way more than what the market was. And the market's super crazy now anyway, but they were even crazier. And so we really couldn't quite figure out what the game plan was and how they were going to make that work. And so the answer is they weren't going to make it work. I mean, it, it, they did this in June, July, August, maybe through September. And then in October, Zillow said, oh, we're not going to buy any more for the rest of the year. We're, we're, we're going to take a time out. And then, uh, you know, in uh, uh, late October, no, in early November, then Zillow announced that um, just before its, its uh, earnings call, announced that they were exiting instant buying entirely forever and laying off 25% of its workforce. 
so you know so there's been a lot of you know a turmoil in that segment but it's still a viable segment it's still it's still around um open door is still around offer pad is open around i, I work for uh a, a, my brokerage is keller williams and we do have an instant buyer um offering as well and so it is still a nice option and it's a good option if you're looking for convenience and a, and a, and a good a stronger cash offer than you would get from you know a, a private investor um, but you're not going to get the crazy offers that they were making over the summer awesome yeah well, thank you so much miss trudy for coming on and telling us uh, about the tips about the instant buyer when it comes to buying a home so yeah. what is i'm gonna share um your social media handles so you okay. can tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you if they would like to so miss rudy tell us how we can get in contact with you all right well you can see you know i'm the team leader of the true can sell that team so our social media media handles are all uh you know around that that hashtag true can sell that so if you google just true can sell that you are going to find me if you can't remember these or don't write them down uh just google true can sell that and uh, you will get all of our social media uh, connections and we look forward to uh, connecting with anyone who has any questions about uh, real estate really anywhere in Northeast Florida. Uh, I do have great partnerships throughout the country. Uh, so I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have about instant buyers, about uh, all of the different ways that you can conveniently buy and sell a home um, in, in America. Awesome. And if you guys want to get in contact with me, um, feel free to do so. My number is 910-317-0396. You can shoot me an email at contact at mjfinancial.biz. You can schedule a consultation on www.mjfinancial.biz. You can find the episode on Anchor, you guys. And you can also find the playback for this video on the YouTube channel as well. So thank you once again, Ms. Trudy, for being on the show today. I highly appreciate you. Yes, thanks for having me. And all right, you guys, we will see you on the next episode of Tips with Tea. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast channel, please become a supporter. Your support helps me to bring you more Tips with Tea. I greatly appreciate it, and this podcast wouldn't have been possible without you.